you've been a busy dude on podcasts. I've been seeing you pop up on a bunch of different podcasts. Dude, it's it's been hectic, man. Um, just a lot, you know. We got the book coming out on the twenty third, so it's just pushing that as much as possible and um, trying to get my story out there and you know see what kind of reaction people have. It's it's a fun experience, but you know I gotta I gotta cram it in because at some point we have to start focusing on um, you know monetization. Mm-hmm. and things like that because you know we can't just have fun forever you know we got bills to pay so that's a um, yeah so this is kind of just like cram period as far as the podcast go get the book out and then um once the book release is done it's just all about the youtube channel and you know really putting a lot of energy into the channel uh, because it does pay and the following is a bunch of great people on there so i, I just really want to take what we're giving to those guys and just take it to the next level mm. yeah um like i said i've seen you popping up on a bunch of podcasts i saw you were on cleared hot which that's a pretty big one so that's pretty i bet that was kind of exciting yeah yeah and andy was a really cool dude um i can't can't talk too much about the future of what we're working on but we got something going and um you know it's i'm really excited about it and i think it's gonna just smash on I think, I think it might break the internet. So hopefully, (laughs) hopefully me and him are not done talking. Yeah. He, he seems like a cool dude. I mean, I know him just through listening to him on his podcast and others. And over the past year, I've really like, that's probably one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to that one more than any of them. And it's kind of, kind of funny because you're what I think you're our second guest now that's been on his that's come on here. Mm-hmm. And even though I think, I think we had you booked on this before you went on that. So I'm not like trying to steal his guests or whatever, but he does, he's had some <laughs> inter- interesting people on there. Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple I've reached out to. Cause I'm like, man, I want to talk to that guy. And we've had, we've had one or two of them on already. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he seems like a, a good dude. That's pretty cool that you were on there. That's a pretty big, yeah, he's, platform. he's a, uh super intelligent and uh, super articulate, you know what I mean? So that's, I think that was, you know, the kind of the challenge with talking to him is like um, to try and like stay up with his humor and like the way that he's processing the conversation, because it's, I'm just, I'm just there to, to talk, you know what I mean? Drink some whiskey and talk. And he's, he's on a different level. He's really analyzing and, and uh, he's super articulate. So um, but it was a good time and he's challenging as, as a host, he's really challenging, mm. uh, for that, for those reasons. And I think that's, you know, that's probably why he's, he's so successful is just because, uh, whether you want to just BS and, and have some whiskey and BS about your life, or if you want to get in the nitty gritty and really, you know, grind out some, some issues, it's, it's fair game and mm-hmm. he, he's not going to shy away from it. So yeah, I was, I'm happy I've done it and he's a cool guy. And I hope, I hope, uh, this project we're talking about goes in the future. It works because I think it'll be really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. It's cool that you're, you're getting out there and you're getting these opportunities. Um, I I've always for a long time, I've, I've followed kind of this whole like veteran influencer world. That's kind of become a thing over the past few years. And I'm, I'm not a vet. Kevin here is. Um, but I've always been fascinated by, by military and veterans and stuff like that. And I, every, every now and then somebody will pop up who I didn't know about, like you were one of them, which was surprised me because you have a big following and 
then I think, yeah, you messaged me. I'm like, oh, who's this guy? And I look into you a little bit and I see you got a, especially on your YouTube, you got a big following. I'm like, oh shit, I'm surprised I haven't heard of him yet. So it was cool. It's kind of cool to find these guys who are finding a second or in your case, like third career and yeah, and having success. Well, and that's, that, yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and that's one of the things, um, I haven't been in this game for very long and nor have I even planned on being in the, was this influencer circle of people. Like I didn't know anything about it. Um, I just knew that I needed to do something that was fun for me and that felt. So I was like, well, I'll do a YouTube channel and no one's going to watch it, but who cares, man? It, it'll be fun for me to get it out there. And if it helps one person, then cool. And all of a sudden, like, I'm starting to get like immersed. And like you said, that there's this like culture of people that are really out there hustling and trying to make this a career. Um, some of them extremely successful at it. Like, uh, you know, Andy and Mike Glover and um, Carl over at Tactical Rifleman. You know, some of these guys have just like, they've crushed it. And then I'm like, they're, they're starting to, you know, tell me like, Hey man, you're one of the guys that, you know, one of the influencers in our little group of people. And we want to come together as a, a community more and not be like, you know, not make sure there's no riffs and things like that. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm one of what? <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't even, you know, so it's, it's been humbling. It's been cool. Um, and I'm just going to stay true to me, man, and just be honest and, and, I think that's why it works is because I don't try to play this. Like I'm cooler than anybody thing with the SF side. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, I'd rather talk about my mistakes. And I've even got calls from old teammates. They're like, Hey man, like, you know, can you not be talking about the things that we did wrong all the time? Like some of the things we did on the team were really good. And I'm like, dude, I get that man. But there's enough war stories out there of, of people doing great things. It's like, that's just not my experience with it. I'd rather focus on things that went wrong so people could learn from our mistakes, you know? Well, yeah. And focusing on that too, is like, you know, that shows the humility, right? That shows that vulnerability of being able to talk about how I fucked up. And we talked about that in the last podcast, like in depth, like if you lacked vulnerability, humility, you're not going to grow. You can put on your fake armor and pretend like you're a man, but really you're not going to grow. And you're going to be stuck as a little child the rest of your life. You know, and we see a lot of that, you know, you see the, you know, with their fucking like 12 inch lifted trucks, but they're little scared boys because they're afraid to be vulnerable. Right. And so you gotta, yeah, you gotta accept those mistakes. I had a hard fucking time doing it after like my second deployment. I was like, man, fuck, like, you know, I just put everything up, put the walls up. I was like, fuck this, you know? And once I let all that go, I was a healthier person for it, you know, after a while, after maybe a relapse or whatever, but you know, I realized that I couldn't do it on my own, which I thought I could, because it's really fucking hard to write your own op orders sometimes, you know what I mean? Like you need someone for direction, you know, even if you don't think you do. And I, yeah, I excelled a lot because of that, like giving myself to somebody else and let them take the reins a little bit, you know, thought that was helpful. And that's why I like, you know, with the YouTube channel and everything else, that's kind of what you're offering. You know what I mean? The people, you know, I, I see it that way. You know what I mean? So I think it's really cool um yeah yeah i appreciate it man that's 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 what it's all about you know in the in um 
you know, I sent a small group of people like the, the digital copy of the book and they kind of hit me with the same feedback. Like, like, damn dude, like that was just the same buck, you know, that's on the YouTube channel talking about your mistakes and trying to help people grow from it instead of talking about, you know, how great war stories and how you pushed this number of people of ISIS and you schwacked this dude. And yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm not bagging on any of the, those, those books, but it's like, that's just not, that's just not my cup of tea, you know? And, and I don't read, I don't read any of these Navy seal books or green beret books or any of the ones that are just like talking about how they went and schwacked the whole world. And um, you know, they took mile long shots and, you know, but there's, there's, a large part of our community that that wants to hear those stories because they want to live through you know vicariously through that or they just really appreciate the vet community they know they're not going to um, take that route maybe they went they just did a different path in life you know what I mean so there's but I just feel like that's just not that's just not me and it's not what I like it's not the kind of things that I put in my headspace so why am I going to go and try to replicate that you know it's just not who I am yeah no I I found that on found that out really early on before I was, when I was first put into, I was in a, I was in Iraq in 2008, I was a saw gunner. And when I got moved to the sniper section, their company commander was a former um, commanding officer at sniper school. So he was all about his, you know, his Bravo fours and shit. And so he's like, before, you know, I'm going to send you to school to get back or anything like that. You're going to read sniper on the Eastern front, you know, by self Allerberger, the, the German sniper. And a lot of that, I would say half that book is just his fucking mistakes and like what he went through in it. And plus it was a different war. You know what I mean? It wasn't about bravado. You know what I mean? In that sense, it was about him like fucking up because he got, he let his spotter get exposed and he gets shot in the face and his tongue's hanging out of his jaw. And he's sitting for three hours with him while he's bleeding and his tongue's flapping around and he's gargling. And, oh, he, wow. and he just finally fucking dies. He's like, I sat there with him for 12 hours until I could move out in the darkness, you know, three hours while he was still alive. The other hours while he was just dead fucking staring at me, you know, and it goes on like him getting stuck in a trench and having to fucking beat a dude to death with his buttstock who looked like he was 14 years old, you know, and, and it was about all of his mistakes. Like, why, why did I end up here? Why did I do this? You know, why did I choose? I didn't really, he said he really didn't have much of a choice either, but anyway, I'd say half that book's about him fucking up and getting people killed, the spotters killed, right? And so that was why he made a re us read that. He's like, you're not fucking tough guys. You're expendable resources and you're going to probably get fucked up. And so you need to understand this. And it was a big eye opener. I was like, yeah, you're right. Like this isn't, you're not just part of a fucking nine man squad anymore. Like, you know, shit gets real, you know, when you kind of get out of that element. And so, no, anyway, that was what I took away from that book. And it really helped a lot. So I like yeah, books like you're talking about years because you need to read that shit. You know, you, yeah. you can't just read all the cool stuff. You've got to read, you know, everything. Yeah, no. And just what you said about that, I want to go read that. Cause yeah. I mean, that, that sounds like something I could learn from. And that sounds like something I could relate to. Um, and I think, you know, guys are kind of resonating with the channel because these are guys that really want to go special operations or, um, even not special operations, a lot of them just want to be, you know, infantrymen, but are afraid, like, you know, that they're just not good enough. And the last thing they need is just another dude talking about how great he is. And, and it's like, man, 
I've messed up in so many ways and I'm so broken, still trying to fix myself, still trying to, you know, overcome my demons and, and stop making mistakes. Listen, you got to just try. Like at the end of the day, whether you think you're good enough or not, you know, you, you're, you got to put yourself out there and, and give it your best shot. And then what comes from that? You either, like I said, you're either succeeding. What do they say? You're either uh, winning or you're learning. Mm-hmm. And if, if you could truly embrace that kind of mindset, then, you know, you're, you're going to be unstoppable. I, th- I think that's important. You know, we've, we've touched on this multiple times, but having somebody like, like yourself, who's pretty accomplished person, I mean, you were a green beret, you've, you've done a lot of things and you still got problems. You still got shit doesn't always go right for you. And that, I think that's really important for the average everyday dude to see someone that might look up to you sees that oh man he's got his problems too okay maybe i'm not that fucked up maybe i can get through these problems and maybe people can absolutely yeah and maybe people can look at somebody who has gotten through some stuff and found some success and think okay maybe that's a path i can follow in order to get out of the shit i'm in and i just i i think it's an important important thing and that's like the whole this whole veteran entrepreneur influencer if that's what you want to call it world that's one reason I love it uh, is because I see these guys who have done things. I'm not even, I can't even think of, I've, I've never been to war. I've never, never served my country, but I see these guys who have, and I have this deep respect for them. And I think there's a lot of guys just like me who, who never did serve, but they, they have a fascination with that world. And someone like me, who's on the outside looking in personally, all the guys I respect are the ones like you were talking about. They don't talk about how, how they fucked everybody up all the time and they don't talk about how cool they are. They, they dig deep in right. their issues and yeah. they're looking to make the world a little bit of a better place. And like Andy Stumpf is a prime example of that mm-hmm. with what he's doing with his podcast and having guys on who have these crazy stories. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to bring guys on who, who are impressive individuals, but also just good people and can show other people out in the world, people that are listening to this that might have never heard of you are going to know who you are now and see that you've, you've done a lot of things, you, but you have your battles. And I mean, you went into detail on it, on, on Andy Stone's podcast of your childhood. You had a crazy fucking childhood and you, you got through yeah. that and you came out better on the other end. And that's important for people to see. Cause there's a lot of yeah. people who grew up in, in shitty households, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people that grew up losing. Feel yeah. Like- and then, well, in a lot of them, especially in my. F- oh, I think we broke up. Oh, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. Um, yeah. Just it's a lot of people just create, like, if they had hard times, you know, it's easy to fall in that victim mentality trap. And to me, like, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than someone that, takes the one life that they have to live and decides to play the victim role. And it's like, if you could just stop and realize in that the struggles made you stronger, not weaker, then you'll never again have have to play or feel the need to play the victim role. Like you should, you should look at, like, if you grew up really rough, you know, you, you grew up in gangs or you grew up uh, poor or uh, abused. Um, if we could start to change that, idea of that and, and shift it towards well i'm stronger because of it 
uh, and people start to feel empowered by the fact that they had these struggles, man, these kids would be unstoppable, Mm -hmm. you know, but unfortunately it's like, they're sitting there comparing themselves. At least I know I did was like, you're looking at the kids that have money and you're looking at the kids and it seems like life is just easy for them because their parents, as it should be, you know, their parents are teaching them how to communicate with other people, how to get along, how to be liked, you know, and their, their parents are doing a great job. So they're giving them all these skills. So life just seems like super easy, you know, but then, you know, later in life, you're going to have to start facing your challenges. And that's when I felt like all the trauma started to kick in for me. Cause it's like, I've been fighting, you know, since I was young and now, you know, life is trying to deal me a tough blow. We got this, you know, mm-hmm. by compare, by comparison, this is, this is chill. This is cake. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a, another important thing. We've talked about this a million times on here, but people who have struggle, if they can always, if they can look back on that struggle and the, the shit they've been through, usually it seems like everything else going on is not that big of a deal. And, um, like listening to you on podcasts that you've been on, listening to you kind of opened up stuff in my mind where I had a pretty good childhood. I'm not saying it was that bad, but there was some shit and listening to some of the stuff you were saying, like maybe was making me remember some things that were, that happened that probably shouldn't happen, things like that. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Like that shit you just kind of put away and you don't deal with. And I think that's a yeah. cool thing to hear a guy like yourself, you know, being vulnerable and talking about the stuff you went through as a, as a kid and the stuff you saw, because then there is guys like me out there who are going to hear that. And hopefully it's going to help them like, Oh man, maybe, maybe that's something I, I can work on, you know, work on myself a little bit. Yeah. I didn't acknowledge a lot of shit that happened when I was younger. Cause I thought, Oh, I'm resilient. It doesn't matter. It's like, no, it does matter. Right. Cause it kind of formed who you are like being like six, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, you know, with my mom in a fucking trailer park when she was doing drugs and having like the, the fucking all the crackhead motherfuckers like beat me up and they're like in their twenties. I was a young kid, put my dog in a microwave and shit. And then like, Oh, no wonder I run away from that kind of stuff. I don't like really even drinking, you know? And when I see people who look inherently evil or act that way, all I have is like just fucking pure hatred for them. Like, Mm -hmm. like, like just apathy. Like I want to fucking kill you, you know? And that's, that's why. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, maybe if I acknowledge that, I won't be so aggressive with certain types of people and I can understand them and realize maybe they're hurting. Their life sucks, right? Yeah. Because that applies to, I would say, half the veterans I meet. Half of the guys who yeah. are ass kickers who are always looking forward, they always have that question in their head, like, what am I going to be when I grow up, even if they're 40, you know? And there's the half that are, like you said, the victims that just want to isolate themselves with other guys like them and talk about how hard and how bad their fucking lives are why they're collecting 100% disability. It's like, no, motherfucker, you've been given a fucking second chance with this money that's given at, given to you. And a lot of them saw like, I don't know, one fucking firefight and they're collecting 100%, which is bullshit. Okay, like, sorry, I'm going to be toxic <laughs> right now. But like, you know, I think that's all bullshit. You know, people that saw one fucking rocket attack, like, cool. How about watching your fucking friends die around you? How about actually having to be not sitting in a fucking, you know, a uh, like calf or blood your entire deployment. And I'd say half the people I meet had that environment and are acting like they're victims. I'm like, no, dude, wake the fuck up. Like, I don't want to hate them. 
I want them to change their perspective and see guys who keep on pushing forward, which I would say the majority of the time are going to be like green berets and seals, right? Guys who are naturally resilient. And I want to be like, oh, fuck, I can be better. I can do better because that's a good example for me to follow, you know? And that's what I want to see for people like that, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think even what you just said about your childhood, I mean, dude, that's, that's everything you said resonated. Um, like, did I, you talk about the dog in the microwave, people are like, instantly, I thought about, you know, being held upside down and by my ankles and dropped, dunked into fish tanks, <laughs> and, you know, by boyfriends. And it's like, so as soon as you said the dog in the microwave thing, it's like, people don't realize how twisted shit gets like when you mm-hmm when you grow up around that kind of environment, like there's no rules, there's no law, there's no, like, this is okay. That's not okay. People are just twisted and they do like evil things. Um, and that's really important. One thing that, one thing that kind of irritated me, I'm not gonna lie is like fans or I don't want to call them fans, but people that listen to the podcast and they kind of reach out to me like, man, you, you're gonna, what is some, some guy told me, um, I see a lot of like self-sabotage in your future because you haven't dealt with your past if you don't get your stuff under control. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, first of all, that's not helpful like at all. Mm. Like telling telling someone from your perspective of listening to what they had to say that like you see them like going down a dark path. It's like, obviously, bro, like that's the whole point of this stuff. But, <laughs> but at the same time, we have to you know, push that stuff aside. We, we got to keep digging in. Like you got to, um, so I would never tell you, I, I guess the point of saying that was to never, like, I would never tell you, Oh man, you should, you should do something with that. It's like, <laughs> dude, I, I have no idea what you should do with that. All I know is for me, you know, and I immediately resonated with, with what you said. And all I know is that for me, like, well, and, and you said it too, is like, you, we just packed it away. Right. We, we push that stuff out. And um, when you start to pull it out and kind of dig into it, it really helps us figure out why we act the way we do. And, you know, why, you know, victims piss us off now. Cause it's like, dude, you don't know what being like a real victim is because this is one thing I said in the book is like children are actual victims. Like it's the only time that that victim mentality is like legit. Right. Cause when, when you're in the trailer and you know, your mom's doing dope. If you go run away, what's going to happen? The cops are going to come get you and just take you right back. Yeah. So in that scenario, you are a victim. Like you can't, you can't change your environment. You can't, you know, be proactive. You can't get your shit together and just go be better. You can't you like, you have to just deal with it until the law or your age or whatever. So you're actually a victim. And you know what, that's probably why we have no, you know, people that grew up like us, so we have no like room for this whole victim thing. It's like, cause you don't know what it's like to be a victim because if you woke up tomorrow and you decided you were going to get your shit together, there's no one stopping you. You know, there's no one forcing you not to, there's nobody, the law isn't going to force you to not get your shit together. People would be proud of you and they would encourage you. Yeah. So you're not a victim, you know, so figure it out. Yeah. Well, and- like like I said, my childhood was was not horrible, especially compared to others that I've that I've heard people I know or people I've heard stories of. I had my shit, you know, like my birth father was a piece of shit. Luckily, I had a stepfather that stepped in and showed me the correct path. 
of life. But I seem to, and that was, that was as a young child, the stuff with my birth father. So I kind of was always attracted to other guys that came from shitty households. And I always felt like I needed to like look out for them. And I also, I got that from my mom, and my stepdad, because they would take people in. I mean, Kevin knows we grew, we grew up together. Mm -hmm. My house was full of kids always. And my parents would just take them in and I would kind of just gravitate towards those people that came from a shitty place. Cause I wanted to get them out of it so bad. And there's some, some that did some, you know, Kevin's a prime example. You turned, you, you didn't follow the path. Right. And we have other friends, you know, like, like, you know, Andrew, mm -hmm. he grew up in a shitty, shitty environment and he ended up joining the military. He's still in, he's a recruiter now. And nice. he's a very successful guy and he's one of our best friends and he came from some shit. People can get out of that shit and find a different path, but sometimes right. they need someone to show them the way to do that. And that's what I think is cool about what you're doing. You're out here being vulnerable. You're talking about your shit. Somebody might see that and know it's possible for them too. And I, I know for me, because of growing up like I did and seeing, especially with my friends, the way that their households were, I kind of have a, a low, my, my bullshit meter, it doesn't go far. Like if I see someone who's going to bring on dra drama and, and they're just going to make shit bad, <clears throat> I push them away real quick. And I, I haven't always been like that. I've, I used to kind of let it happen and let it happen. And I don't anymore. I, I can't do that. I, yeah. cut, I just cut them out of my life. And I have family members I don't talk to. Oh, but yeah. It's because just because their blood doesn't make them a good person. And sometimes you need to do what's best for you. And especially when you have children and a family of your own, you got to move on and do what's best for you and them. And so there's people in my life that are blood family. I, I don't even talk to because it's not, not worth my time. You're never yeah. going to change them. And you don't, you only live once. You can't just be around shitty people your whole life. No. You know? And you need to surround yourself with, with good people. Because I, I think it helps you be a good person, mm -hmm. and that's one thing I love about what we've done with this podcast. We've we've had this is the twenty second episode, I think. Yeah, twenty two episodes we've we've recorded, and we're meeting a lot of really cool people like yourself. That if we wouldn't have started this, we probably would have never met you. And we have yeah. some some other really cool people lined up. We're gonna go meet soon, and we've become friends with some of the people we've. And it's weird because we're doing this through Zoom, you know, and you lose a little connection through Zoom as you're probably well aware, you've been yeah, out on the podcast circuit with some in person, some through zoom. It's not the same through a video call. It's just not. No, but we get, we're doing our best with what we, what we have right now, you know, and we've had some people though, we've talked through, through zoom and kept in contact with them and, and made some cool friends and met some really cool people. And that's, I'm kind of rambling about it, but <laughs> I, that's starting this podcast has been really cool to meet just awesome good people and create these relationships because i think if you get a community of all these people getting together and like kevin and myself most people don't know who the fuck we are and people are learning who we are through this <clears throat> and i hope we can be part of this community of podcasts and people that people can look to and think okay i'm gonna go listen to these guys right now because maybe it's gonna help me out maybe somebody one of their guests is gonna help me out you know what i'm saying yeah absolutely oh, totally no, it's a, uh, no, it's really cool that, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, 
yeah, we've had only had good guests so far, which is fucking crazy. Because you're supposed to have like two bad ones in your first episodes. Like, yeah, we have all these cool dudes, you know, um, and ladies, excuse me. But uh, no, I mean, like, kind of what you were saying. I don't know, I'm stuck on that whole victim thing now. You got me thinking about that shit, like, because <laughs> now I'm thinking like the I'm thinking of like the intuitive things I've been doing. And I'm like, God damn, like it's because I don't want to be a fucking victim, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of like this. You know, I think the military can give you a healthy amount of narcissism. Some people take it too far, usually like Marines, but like a healthy amount to where you're like, you think you're better than me? Like, fuck you, I'll show you, you know, mm-hmm. like you can get rid of the stereotypes. You know, I'm one of two, it was me. And then there's a guy who's still in, he's a, uh, a captain in the medevac unit here. And we're both in the physics program. I'm a senior. I think he's a junior. And it's like, we don't fit that fucking mold, right? Like, why are you here? You're not privileged and you're not a fucking nerd, right? It's like, I don't give a fuck because this is the mentality that I was taught and I fucking wrote it because it's nice. I can do what I want to do and I'm going to fucking do good at it. And that's like, it's like, because I'm not a victim. I can be like, oh man, I had such bad experience. I'm not good enough for this and just sabotage myself. Like, I can't do this, you know? I'll just go, you know, work at the gun range or something and fucking sit on my thumbs like no motherfucker i'm gonna do great things and like i said back my point i think it's like a healthy amount of narcissism you know what i mean yeah like well and yeah and i think one of the hardest parts of acknowledging and finally accepting that you can do anything you put your mind to is now it's like what do you put your mind to yeah you know it's like so I did the ultra marathons because that seemed like it'd be really hard. Um, It did suck really (laughs) bad. Some of them were worse than others. Um, But I did that, you know, and then knocked that out. I did the college. I was like, well, I want to prove that I'm not stupid. So I did associates, bachelors, um, you know, finishing up my master's in a couple of weeks. And then it's just like special forces, like whatever it is, write, write a book, whatever it is, it just, once you figure out the roadmap and it's like, somebody's already done it, you know, and how could I keep challenging myself in, in picking up things that no one would expect me to be able to accomplish. And then just prove that it's a simple thing to do is to just decide that you want to do something, then go research the people who've already done it and then do what the fuck they do. I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not complicated. No. And once you figure that out, then the hardest part becomes what to do. And, and I've honestly, um, until all of this, I was running out of ideas of things to, to try and, you know, tackle um, just for the sake of the challenge. So that's, that's fun. That's, that's freeing, you know, and yeah. once you realize, you know, how much your how powerful your mind is and things like that. So um, at this point, see where we could take the the YouTube and these podcasts and, you know, motivational speaking, but then the sky's the limit. You just need, you know, I've already, I've already accepted that, you know, we could just break off all these glass ceilings and do whatever, you know, we want, but, you know, finding, finding the, the thing, the one thing, I don't know if you guys ever read that book, but that's, that was mind blowing for me. It's called the one thing. And it's, it's just all about focusing instead of being scatterbrained on all bunch of things. It's like, think about success as like a a series of dominoes and instead of you know 
like I said, shotgun blasting different things. If you focus on that one most important thing as the next target, you never know what that is going to sequentially knock down in like a series of dominoes, making so many of those things that you were trying to do unnecessary because, you know, it elevated your level of success or it did it through um, accomplishing that one thing. But yeah, at this point, it's, it's almost sad that these people choose to be victims because they don't get to experience the freedom of being like, and having that confidence that no matter what I pick, I have the recipe for success. I figured it out and I could just go make it happen. Fuck. Yeah. Because yeah, I feel like if you, you're stuck in that mentality, you're going to be complacent. You know, it's like, no man, like I can't imagine not moving forward. Anytime I feel like I'm not moving forward in my life, I'm just like an asshole. Like, and I'm like depressed. Yeah. You got to be going somewhere at some time, learning something new. Even if it's like learning a new language or, you know, fucking mountain climbing, whatever it is, anything you think of, just to go challenge yourself and not be complacent. I, that's, it terrifies me to be like, what's that? What I say a few weeks ago, like to be like a Roseanne, you're like fucking John Goodman and his wife just sitting around fat in her house all day, like in the late eighties. Like, well, unfortunately that's the way, like guys, our age, we were raised <laughs> seeing that. Yeah. Whether it was our own parents or whether it was on these families on TV. Yeah. And I remember like, do you remember that show? It was a sitcom, according to Jim, yeah. Jim Belushi. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember thinking like, I want to be that guy. Ugh. He has this comfortable life and this good family. And as I've gotten older, I've drifted away from that. Big time. I can't be stagnant. Yeah. I can't, whether it's even if I'm just sitting in my house, I can't just sit. I get up and start cleaning. Yeah. I have to be moving and doing something. Yeah. I, Netflix and chill last like five minutes. And don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I like, I like to sit down and watch a good TV show or movie or yeah. something like that. But I have a, like, there's times my wife will be like, would you just sit down? She's like, you're making me feel bad. Cause you're up here doing all this stuff. And I, I can't help it. I can't be stagnant. And well, people need purpose. We need, we need drive. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you guys ever um, heard of the author, Napoleon Hill. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. He did that. Uh, what is it? Think real rich is like one of his, his main put them on the map books, but he did one. It's called outwitting the devil. And it's about him like having these conversations with his perception of what the devil would say. And it is insane. Like I've listened to it twice already on audiobook just because it's just so good. And, and he refers to that as drifting. And he says, you know, he, he, his perception of what the devil would say is that his biggest tool is, is drifters. They're, they work for him. They, their minds are, you know, only to bring people down. And the, it becomes a habit of just drifting through life and never having um, purpose and not knowing how to have a definite purpose with a definite plan um, and a definite way to get there. And having definite no, definiteness of purpose um, is, is just what successful people do. They decide they're going to do something. They figure out the route to do it. And then they go start chucking off each individual task until they get there. And that's just not, unfortunately, it's not how the majority are. Uh, They're drifters and they kind of just float through life and they get kicked this way and then they get kicked that way. And each time something bad happens to them, it's just like, you know, it's like a ping pong ball getting popped over to the other side of the court and they just go with the flow. And so they never, you know, pick their own path and make it happen. you know, drifting is like the worst thing we could do. 
Well, yeah, I think that's like uh, going back to what I was saying earlier, seeing guys like you out there who have, have a, a reach. It, I think it gives like that average dude who like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know if I can do anything with my life. They see somebody being successful and it motivates them to try something. I mean, I, I think that's a lot of guys, especially in our age and older, whether it be Joe Rogan or whether it be Jocko or all these names that everybody fucking knows, you see these badass dudes doing all this cool stuff and you want to do it too. You want to, you want to do something cool too. Like that's why I started jujitsu a couple of years ago. I saw these other guys who were doing it. I've always loved, loved watching MMA and stuff, but love jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. And me as well. And, and the reason, main reason I started, I'm not gonna lie. I saw other dudes online who do jujitsu yeah. and I was like, fuck, that looks cool. I want to yeah. try that. And if I wouldn't have seen that, seen these other average, there's average people that do that. I probably would have never even gone. Yeah. And so yeah, the guys like Jocko and all those guys, you see, they do this badass stuff. And I think it's motivating, especially to the average guy, somebody who who like myself, you know, I work a normal job. I'm a normal dude. And then I see, or I listen to podcasts and fuck for two or three years, I wanted to do a podcast, but I didn't know how to go about it. Right. And Kevin and me had talked about it for a couple of years and it was just kind of a, it's one of those things you're talking about, but you're not doing shit. And then we finally like, dude, let's fucking do it. Let's go. And we still don't know what we're doing. We're, we're trying to learn it and we're trying to become successful at it and so far it's it's going it's going the right direction it's going slow but i think i think in the long run going a slow burn's better than getting success on something right away because no. you're going to feel like it's going to be easy I mean, the whole time if we want to get successful we can start an only fans and like cook pizza naked or something like well, yeah i mean <laughs> there you go your monetary value will go up yeah, to the roof yeah. probably too well yeah. that, that's the other thing like when it comes to monetizing we're trying to figure out how how can we monetize because we're not huge we have we have a little fan base going on now but we're we're that's another goal we want to work towards you know and i think it's important for people to have goals because it keeps you going if if you got all the success right off the bat and there's nowhere else to go why are you going to keep doing it right well and that's i mean that's a challenge i have not yet i would say it's a challenge i have now is like i do everything with like everything i got passion wise in it works great. But at the same time, like I had to structure my life in a way financially to where I had the freedom to put everything passion wise into these projects. And at some point it's like, this can't either the money's going to flow in on its own, or I have to, you know, start taking more of a business approach and really start figuring out monetization and how we Mm -hmm. can, you know, without degrading the brand and without losing the focus of truly helping people, um, how do we make money? Cause you got to make money. Otherwise it doesn't keep going. And this, this has been such a blessing for me. The last thing I wanted to do is, um, and so, or not be able to do it full time because it, it wouldn't end like, right. Cause I'll, I'll do it no matter what, but I want to keep going full time with it. Cause that's, that's super fun. So, um, at some point, whatever, that's the challenge. You just have to get creative and do some creative thinking until, you know, we come to a solution and, Somebody else has already done it. So we just got to find their yeah. roadmap to success and follow it. Well, and that's, that's something like that's a, kind of a dream of mine is to be able to do something like this for a living. That would be mm-hmm. amazing. 
right now, not in the cards. I have a full-time right. job. Kevin's a full-time student. We have families, all that stuff. So I, I wanted to ask you, cause you have, you have children and you're, you have a family, correct? Yeah. How do you fit in the time? How do you manage your time in order to give them what they need from you, but also do all the things you're doing? I mean, you're doing other people's podcasts. You have your own, you have your YouTube channel, you have all the stuff, the book. And I mean, I find myself struggling sometimes and we only record this once a week. And I know Kevin does too. He's got his kids. He's got his wife. We're, we're trying to, it's like this balancing act of, I want to put as much as I can into this. Mm-hmm. But my family comes first, you know, and I'm sure you can relate on that. How do you manage your time with everything? Well, honestly, if you ask my wife, it's probably not managed very well. <laughs> <laughs> I give, I give this, um, a lot, you know, and, and, but she's accepted that the, that this is my career path now. So I have to treat it like a career. So like you, you guys go and do your nine to fives, whether it's school, whether it's work, you know, and it's, it's easy to like jump on the entrepreneur thing. And then, and then forget that you still have to treat this like a job. And that's hard for spouses to understand sometimes because there's like, well, you're home. So let's spend quality time now. And it's like, can't, I got this going on. I got this, I got to do, you know, I got to work still. Um, one thing I do need to, to get better at. And, you know, my wife is a hundred percent correct on this is that I need to like pick a, a, a time to stop working and to put things down and, and give them the time that they deserve. And admittedly, I'm, I'm terrible at it. Cause it's like, I got, this dumb watch now, you know, this I've never had, I don't like things on my wrist, but now I got a phone on my wrist. So I'm just like always connected to uh, my job. And so, you know, balancing is tough for me. I'm not going to lie. I'd I'd be lying if I said, Oh yeah, I just give my family, family, everything I got. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause cause they, they honestly sacrifice a lot for me to pursue this as, as heavily as I do. Um, once I get passionate about something, it's like you, I open the floodgates and, and yeah. balance becomes like a hard thing to do for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard when you're, you have an obsession essentially, you know? Like, yep. Yeah. Well, and, and especially when you're trying to become successful at something you're not successful at yet, you got to put time into it. Right. You yeah. gotta, you, you're not going to become successful if you don't no. put effort into something. Like the way I see things, they're not the way I see it. It's an intrinsic part of me is, I find something I'm interested in and I'm obsessed and I won't stop until I win. I have to be at the top before I stop. Like I don't give up just like when I'm at the top, boom, now I can cut it back a little bit or I lose interest. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be the best though, not the best, but you have to win, right? It's all about winning. Like I've got to, you know, if I'm going to read 10 books in a week and I, for some reason, then I'm going to fucking do it and do something else, you know, like, so it's hard to just put it down. And it's hard to take other people's advice of, do you want to manage your time? You know, get up at 3 a.m. Fuck you. Because, you know, like, you know, blast injuries due to your fucking brain. Like, it's hard. Like, my body wants 10 hours of sleep a night and I can't do it. I'm like, I'll give you fucking eight. You know, it's like getting up at 3 a.m. isn't going to fucking happen because I can't get to bed before midnight. You know what I mean? So fuck your fucking advice from your steroid using goddamn, you know, celebrities. You know, get up at 3 a.m. fuck yourself well you know like it's not happening it's not realistic time management time management something that that i'm fascinated by no matter who who the person is the busier the person the more fascinating it is to me yeah because that's something i kind of pride myself on is 
I'm very good with managing my time until I'm not. And until I take something else on like this podcast before the podcast, I never had a problem taking care of everything I need to take care of. Then you throw this into the, okay, now I got to And I, I like it though. I like trying to figure out how am I going to fit the time in to do what I want to do with this thing. And whether it's, you know, th- this recording process of this is easy, as you probably know, this is the easy part, but as soon as we're done, you got to edit, you got to, yeah. you got to get it all scheduled to be released. You got to promote it, all this stuff. And it's especially stuff. I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never done this before. I've never, I've never even owned a business and I'm trying to approach it like a business. So time management for me is huge. And cool. I think that comes a little bit from what I do for a living. I'm, I'm a truck driver for a living and the, place I work schedule is everything you got to be on time so I'm really good at judging okay how long is it going to take me to do this and if I do it in this time how much time I'm going to have to do the next thing and I just find that fascinating so guys like yourself who you're a busy dude especially lately with out yeah. promoting your book and traveling and all that I'm, I'm just always interested in how do how do guys yeah. manage I personally what works for me best and it's I've, I have some friends that say the same thing is listing even just a sticky note like if I don't list I fucking, I go too slow, right? So it's like, okay, I'm getting up. I'm working out at eight, at nine o'clock. I'm going to come back in, shower. I'm going to fucking eat, you know, and then I'm going to knock out this one assignment or quiz and then hang with the kids for two hours. Like, Mm -hmm. so I just make notes. I just make a list of things until like five or six o'clock and then hang out with the family until they go to bed and then maybe do homework at like 11 or something, you know? That's the time I find to do a lot of like when it comes to editing and stuff of this after everybody goes to bed right that's my time i can get some shit done yeah i'm gonna lose a little sleep but you got to do what you got to do to make something you want to work work yeah and listing helps because if i don't list things drag out my coffee takes an hour to drink versus five minutes you know like (laughs) dude yeah it's just i don't know listing for some reason yeah so that's it man i just right now it's just go and and it's not always easy i got you know texas coming up i got vegas coming up um so a lot of flights i got a lot going on but at the same time it's like the way i see it and when i evaluated other people again because i don't just tell ask people to do it or, or recommend it i do it so when i evaluate other people's paths that got to where i'm trying to go there's always it's like a it's like a rocket it doesn't matter how far yours goes up right someone else's may shoot to you know the moon and yours is only a blip but every rocket burns out and I don't care who you are or what you've done. Um, you know, your time is going to burn out. And if you don't take advantage and strike while the iron's hot or take advantage of momentum, um, you're, you're going to miss opportunities. And then when it does burn out and now all of a sudden it's things aren't, you know, no one's asking you to be on their podcast anymore. No one's asking you to come out and, and talk to them. And you're going to be like, man, I really wish I would have just, shut up, grind it and, and push through, you know? And, and so that's how I see it now. It's like, well, I'm striking while the iron's hot. And when, when, not if, once that, you know, my rocket starts to burn out and, you know, I'm not, people not wanting to hear what I have to say anymore, then at least I know I, I crushed it when I had the chance and did the best I could. And then I could focus on, you know, YouTube and slowly growing that and just helping dudes. Yeah. At least you, at least you put, you're not going to look back and regret like, fuck, I could have put some effort into letting people know who I am. Right. And I mean, you've done that. You, you're obviously, you're reaching out to people who you don't even know. And that's cool. You're putting yourself out there 
and you're, you're going on all these podcasts and you're doing all this stuff that you won't regret it later on. You're going to look back and be like, okay, whether your book is successful or not, you're going to say, okay, I did everything I could yep. to get it out there. Uh, where are you going? Where are you going to Texas? Uh, so we're doing um, Mike Ritland's podcast mm-hmm. in Texas and then going to, um, was it Deviant Gentleman? Okay. Defiant Gentleman? Defiant Gentleman? It's um, this this dude, Shane, he's really cool. And Tommy Vex from, um, I don't know if Tommy's going to be on with us or not. It might just be Shane because they used to do it together. So Tommy Vex, he was the lead singer for um, the Bad Wolves. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Tom, so uh, him and Shane did a podcast together out in California and then Shane moved to Texas. Um, so sometimes Shane, uh, Tommy Skypes and they do it that way. Um, but either way, Shane, his partner, he, uh, he's got an amazing story. He was in prison, got stabbed. Like, I'm going to go and interview him. He doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to interview him. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> Let's talk about your story, bro. Yeah. Um, I, I so, was hoping you were saying you were going to Texas. You were going to do Rogan or something. I'm like, that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, that's so, everybody's goal. Yeah. You know, obviously Joe's the, Joe's the goal, but um, I talked to a couple guys that have been on Joe and, and asked him, you know, how does that process work? And they just like, Did he, he just called you. He was like, you you don't know when it's coming. And then he'll just call you and ask you to be on. Well, I think it, when it gets like, when people get as big as he has become, there's no more, you're asking to be on his show. He's, he picks who he wants, you know? That's and, exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I'm sure that guy's probably so sick of people telling him, Hey, I have somebody you should have on your podcast, you know? So he probably, he, he can handpick whoever the hell he wants to have on there. But I'm sure like for a guy like you, that's out there promoting something that's, that's like the goal. I mean, that's the biggest oh, shit yeah. in the world right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Joe's Joe's the, the ultimate, but at the same time, um, I don't know, man, like there's so many cool, like cool dudes out there. Like I got um, Mike Glover mm-hmm. in March. And so me and Mike are doing like a, a seminar where it's he said we're gonna do like one to 200 people you know come in for a seminar and we'll do like a ted talks mm-hmm. and then record it and then the next day we're gonna film a podcast um so at the same time like kind of like you were saying earlier it's like i'm just so stoked to be meeting these people and, and being yeah. able to get to spend some time with these guys you know with andy and mike um and and you know mike ritland and it's it's to me, it's still super, super humbling that they even asked me on and want mm-hmm. to talk to me and, and care about my story. So, you know, if, if Joe ever happens, then cool. But if not, man, it's like, for me, it's, I've already made it. You no, know, yeah, you're, you're meeting cool people. That's, that's yeah. another dude I, I'm a big fan of is Mike Glover. Yeah. I, I like the way that dude thinks from just from what I've heard, you know, I don't know him personally, but hearing him on podcasts and his instagram or whatever i like the way his brain works and he just yeah he's a dude i would like to talk to someday just because i'd like to pick his brain he seems like a a special dude he is and i i was talking to him on the phone the other day and like yeah i can't i don't want to put his business out there and but after like what he puts out there about himself is not close to what he's done Mm. and that is mind-blowing to me like yeah like when, when he started talking about what he's actually done, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, what? Like well, That's like we were talking about <laughs> earlier. You're saying these guys don't have to go out there and tell you all this cool shit they've nope. done because 
they're they're fucking cool enough without all that. That's like a right. Pat Mac dude doesn't talk. I mean, he said he puts his like it's just him working out. He puts yeah. like pictures up from like when he was in first group or whatever when you in the eighties, and that's about it. And then everything else is working out. It's yeah. like from what I've heard, he was a badass motherfucker when he oh, deployed. Whatever, it was like oh seven or something like that. Like I think he's a sergeant major at the time or something. Like that, or I can't remember yeah. sergeant. But anyway, he's just badass motherfucker, and he just he just likes to work out, dude, and talk about dude. Men, you know. He, he actually um, let me send him my book. So, cause I, I wrote him on Instagram. I was like, dude, um, I got a book coming out in like six months. And he was like, cool. And then I didn't think anything of it. And then it came out. So I was like, Hey, the book's out. And he's like, cool, send it. And I was like, <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> um, he's, he is an amazing dude. And he is a, a guy that doesn't talk about how amazing he is, but you know what he did talk about. And I think it was on Joe Rogan. And I remember working out and listening to it and it, it was super inspirational was he talked about being an alcoholic and sleeping in his garage. Yeah. On the I remember hearing that. Yeah. yeah. And when he started talking about that, I was like, that's my dude, man. Like yeah. those, those are the kind of people I gravitate towards because it's like, he don't need to talk about his, how he was keg and how he's, he's probably done some of the, he he's probably been on missions where, we all know the mission and you just right. don't know who were the players in it, mm-hmm. you know, it, but instead he's going to come out and talk about, you know, his struggle with alcoholism and sleeping on a couch in his own garage. You know, it's like, that's, those are the kind of people I really like. And, you know, same with Mike, you know, I told my, I was like, dude, if you tell people about what you've done, like you, people's like jaws would drop. And he's just like, yeah, I know, but I don't, he's like, what? <laughs> I don't need to do that. Like it's, it's not, you know, something I want to, you know, rely on. And, you know, Mike, his cool thing is he's really, again, it it goes back to like helping people. So what is Pat doing? He's trying to help people get in better shape and be super physically fit. And he is, I don't know how old that dude is, but he looks better than I've ever looked in my entire life. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then what, what, what is Mike doing? Mike is trying to help people prepare themselves um, in case they need to be in a survival situation. So yeah. at the end of the day, it really comes down to, are you trying honestly to help people? Mm-hmm. And if you are, your path is going to be different. Are you trying to help yourself make a name for yourself so you could um, be some kind of celebrity or influencer, or are you legitimately just trying to help people? And cause everyone knows it the minute your mouth opens and you say a single word everyone knows yeah yeah i i have the same affinity for guys like that as you do guys that have can be vulnerable and tell people when they fucked up then when they when they have other options they could go down that road because they have done some really cool fucking things Mm -hmm. and they could tell people all about these cool things they've done but instead they choose to show you a different side of them and they're like you said they're trying to help people and yeah. that's the world needs more of that yeah it you, does you see it really quick if you get put in a shitty situation you know the power fucking blacks out for a week you know who are the people helping other people or there's a flood who's helping other people who's buying up all the toilet paper <laughs> yeah and who's buying all the fucking toilet paper and being self-serving you know and that was what we talked about who was it with rob mcqueen you know like i was telling the story just about like we had a, like a mass casualty incident in Afghanistan and the green brain medics didn't even fucking hesitate. 
like before I could get my shit on and go out and QRF, these guys were already on their fucking four wheelers racing out there and half of them got fucked up in a second ID blast. Um, and then you think about it. It's like, we don't give a fuck if you're regular army. We live together. It was uh, three, two, three, four. We lived with them and they fucking helped us. If they knew we were suffering, they fucking didn't think twice about it. Mm-hmm. And that shows the character they had. You know, they could have just been like, oh, it's not our fucking problem, you know, and fuck you guys. Um, but they didn't even hesitate to go fucking sacrifice themselves, essentially, you know. And those are the kind of guys that, yeah, make you like want to be a better person. Fuck Absolutely. yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. I want to be that fucking guy, you know, no matter what. Yeah, the world world needs more people, like that, selfless people. Mm-hmm. And I think even if someone's not that way, they should strive to be to be selfless. And I know I, I try. I try to. I like to help people. And, yeah, it feels good to know, hey, they know I, that I helped somebody. But it should be the act of actually doing it that makes you feel good. And if, even if you're not doing it, you should strive for that. Strive to be selfless. Try, strive to help people. And, well, then, and I think the vulnerability side for it is, I don't know if this is like a new thing or um, if this is a trend that's been going on for a long time and I'm just new to being open because f- of my own life. But when guys like um, Pat talk about his struggles, to me, it says, here's someone that I look up to that is like clearly a stud. He's accomplished way more than I ever have in the military and in so many ways. And then I could say, okay, he went through it. So if we start doing that more often, you know, what if the guy that is struggling with PTSD and struggling with thinking about suicide or struggling with alcoholism, what if he starts to think of stories of guys he looks up to and remembers that they struggle with it too and that they went through those problems and he goes, all right, my dude got through it. You know, maybe I can get through it. And I think that we might've done ourselves a disservice for a long time by doing this whole macho man thing, Mm -hmm. because now it's like, well, my idol would have never felt like he wanted to, to hurt himself. He would have never, you know, drank too much and passed out like an idiot, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden you start thinking that you're just a shitty person and you're, you're failing and that the people you look up to would have never done that. And it's just not the case because, you know, guarantee everyone's got skeletons in your closet. I don't care who you are, you know, you've made some mistakes. We're human. No, absolutely. 100%. We, man, like, we were, it was hard to touch on it the other day. And it still kind of is because it's a subject that you could, you'd need to analyze for about three hours on a podcast. But, you know, like think about the Native American culture, you know, they see a battle or someone kills somebody and they're like, hey, we're going to go fucking heal now. You're going to sweat it out. We're going to talk it out. We're going to let our emotions go. And we're going to resolve this so it doesn't become a problem in our tribe, right? Versus us. And this goes back to, I mean, we can say it goes back to, you know, the 1800s. But then we can also track it back to the fact that we came from a very um, religiously controlled environment in Europe before we came over here, right? So we took advantage of other people. It was It was about not being emotional. It was about just obeying and serving God and not being vulnerable, right? and not being honest with yourself and then coming over here and then we come into um um more and more people not grazing their or sorry growing their own on their own land so they start drinking more and any other prohibition because people were drinking way too much then you go into a second world war and people are coming back up and they were raised in the 20s and 30s so they're saying okay 
how do I deal with this? Oh wait. Yeah, that's right. You, you drink, you drink yourself and you shut the fuck up and you do your job, carry the fucking boat. Right. Isn't that Andy Goggins or Goggins? Goggins Yeah. Carry the fucking (laughs) boat. Shut stop fucking crying. Yeah. So they were, I mean, these people were raising a great depression. It was drink your sorrows, shut the fuck up and don't say anything. And it worked for a long time until people started waking up and they're like, wait, this doesn't work. In fact, this is a new concept. The whole shutting everything down and drinking your sorrows isn't, it's something new that we can essentially created a couple hundred years ago and it's not the right way of handling things, but we were so raised on, you know, we've been programmed to think that way. So now we're like, that's fucking weird. What do you mean? Like talk about it, think about it. No way, dude. Like <laughs> yeah. be vulnerable, man. It's, it's hard to do, but I think people should do it. Well, yeah, it's, you gotta learn how to do it. You gotta learn to be comfortable in your own skin. And if you're around people who don't acknowledge that, then fuck them. Because I guess in the whole, you know, the new way we call people toxic, I guess they're toxic, right? Cause they won't allow you to feel that way. You know, it's hyper-masculine environment. It's like the military, you know, it's hyper-masculine environment, you know, um, which it pays off. I think in certain situations overseas, just not when you're trying to raise a family, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Here. Yeah. And then uh, it, we got a weird thing going on in our culture, but I mean the, the whole, like, you don't want to be over, you don't want to not talk about your feelings. So you don't get, you know, and be too manly or whatever. But then we also have this, like, um, was it toxic masculinity thing going on? So it's like, right. but at the same time, I know people kind of feed into that. Sorry. I know people feed into that, but my perspective on that is just like, do, do what you do, what you know and feel is right. You know what I mean? Don't try to, don't try to fit whatever like new term our, our society has going on or or the new trends of toxic masculinity and, and all that. Like if you can get so caught up in that stuff, like who cares, dude, just do what you know is right and, and try to help people and you will find the right path and you will make the most sense. You know, don't, don't, don't try to like, cause a lot of people they're like, well, they, they just get into these battles with these people on social media or that cause they got a little cloud about some word and they want to be called um, hymns or, or whatever, you know, pronouns are getting argued about and bathrooms are getting argued about my whole perspective on all that is just stay out of it yeah, and, and focus on doing the right thing and, and being true to myself and being honest. And I think they're so far, you know, and I don't have a very big platform, but, and it's may bite me in the ass later and I'm okay with that. But so far it has worked to just be honest and try to do the right thing, regardless of what social media trends are going on. Just ignore the hell out of that shit. Cause that's a, grenade waiting to go off yeah you, i mean you got to be genuine and it's hard sometimes yeah. not to feed into that like yeah. wait am i the fucking bad guy here because everyone's saying i'm bad right like gina carano got canceled from disney because her twitter account her like gender pronoun said bebop boot and so like oh she fucking hates transsexuals or whatever like it was, she, that was a combination she also uh compared how republicans are being treated to the jews in germany in nazi oh, germany which was not right to do that's kind of fucked yeah, up. i didn't know that but yeah she just she uh yeah she compared how republicans are being or conservatives are being treated to yeah well she's been nazi germany she's been punched in the head so. <laughs> but but yeah but that's but that's the thing if she just just stay out of that shit and don't try don't try to like win against this thing and and it's not like it's not like weak to be like, oh, I'm going to stay out of it and 
I'm not saying, you know, don't have your own beliefs, but at the same time, like if you listen to the guys like Napoleon Hill um, and, you know, to me, Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson took a huge stand against the pronouns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he is, he is so intelligent that he is not just like throwing his opinions at people. Like Jordan Peterson is, is one of, um, I think, uh, our generation's like greatest minds, you know, of yeah. people that we could actually talk to and see and touch of that are here right now. He's one of the greatest minds. So for someone like him to make a stand against, um, pronouns, and things like that is on a different level than some, a normal person. Cause a normal person is just throwing their opinions around and they want, you know, everyone to, to, to give the validity to their opinions. And it's like, dude, your opinions don't mean anything. Like they're zero. They're, they're just a waste of space out there. And, and the minute you start thinking that your opinion matters because um, you know, you did 10 minutes of Google on something that you know, makes you feel good and, and gives you a warm and fuzzy. In reality, you're probably missing 98% of the damn facts. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. just stay out of it. If you don't want to be somebody that truly obsesses over the facts and has their shit together, because then you're not throwing your opinion out there. Then you're, you're, you know, you have a hypothesis based on all the information and likely you're going to come at it from approach that's not so one-sided anymore because you you've empathized, you've done your research, you dug in. So dude, I just, and then even what you guys mentioned, I don't know who that is, but just the fact that she's even so worried about how Republicans, I don't know. It's just too much. And it's just, it's just landmine after landmine. Like I think we go on a tirade, but I, (laughs) I think the media in general is just a, it's a huge problem. The fact that as a country, we've allowed our media to be so biased and the fact that we have a CNN and a Fox is just wrong. Like the media's job is to report factual base news. It's not to convince me to vote Republican or Democrat. It's not to like, it's just so, it's so haywire right now. Like I don't even I don't even watch it. I can't no. watch it. No, like, no, it's 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 scary, and we are a joke to every other fucking country because the way they well, see us. I don't. I really don't. Inside, I don't know? think that many people in America really take what Fox News or CNN says as gospel. I think it's like because I mean, you look at ratings for those compared to ratings of some podcasts. The ratings are nothing. Oh, really? More people are listening to podcasting and other new types of media than they are that stuff the Hmm. problem is there is people listening to that stuff and whether it's fox news or cnn people take it as gospel and they think that's that's they're reporting the facts and they're usually not it's usually like you said an opinion and it's an opinion from somebody that's happens to be on television and so people take it like oh that's the facts and that that can get scary but like you said that we could go into a whole damn thing about that but we'll we'll let you get out of here because i know we've been we've been on for a while i i I, we didn't even touch on much of your military career or your police career but i wanted to talk to you about some other things you haven't been talking about on on all the other podcasts you've been on so (laughs) no and i appreciate that it's fun to you know get away from my story a little bit and not just hit the same things because uh you know it's it's it it gets to be a lot you know (laughs) it's like i I can imagine yeah. So yeah, no, it's every once in a while it's fun to just talk and have podcasts where you just bullshit and, um, you know, I appreciate it. Well, 
speaking of your story, what's your, your book called? When's it coming out? All that good stuff. Yeah. So the book is uh, rising above it's on pre-release now. Um, the hardcover is shipping right now. That was kind of um, a weird thing. I don't, I didn't set that up. That's on the publisher, but the, the February 23rd is the official release date. Um, you could pre-order and then um, yeah. So the, the Instagram is Sean Buck Rogers and the YouTube channel is the FNG Academy. And uh, that's it. That's my spiel. Awesome, man. Well, I'll, I'll be promoting, promoting this episode all week. I'll tag you and everything. Feel free to share it and all that good stuff. We'll get, get your name out there to some more people. Sounds good. I appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks Thank for coming you. on. Thank you. All right. See you guys.